Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. L-O-T, the place I want to be. Come and sit down, have a foster chat with me. All right, I'm so excited to have Kristen in the podcast room, Hello Kristen there. Thomas. Yes. And um, funny, I met Kristen um, at the Christian Alliance for Orphans Conference. Um, just but a couple of days ago, right? Just a couple right. of days ago. And you um, you sought me out because you knew my son mm-hmm. and y'all had been in Say So together. So that was really cool. And so I've gotten to know your story a little bit. And so I was like, Come on our podcast. And so Aww. you literally are on your way home from CAFO. Have made it back home. You're in Raleigh now, right? I am. Hopefully. So um, our podcast is Foster Carolinas, and we just try and tell the stories of foster care. And so that looks different for everybody. Um, we do have a good many youth that will come and tell their stories. But also we have others that uh, foster moms and other people that work in the foster care realm. So that's amazing. I'm sure you've heard a lot of incredible stories we have and whose podcast have you been on Kristen oh wow um fearless fostering Kathleen Beer she's a licensed clinical social worker and Amanda Carpenter place at the table and she's amazing um both of those were just incredibly depth and and just beautiful and I I was just really honored that's so cool. And honored to be here with you. <laughs> so thankful. Okay. Our podcast does not have as many listeners as those oh people, gosh. but it's That's okay. Not what's important. So. <laughs> well, you are from the great state of North Carolina. And so we do kind of like to tell stories of, of kids that actually grew up in our state. And, the, you know, we know that it was not pretty. Um, growing up in care can't be pretty um, because the system is so incredibly broken. Um, but we're just going to sit here and talk about your story. So how old were you, Kristen, when kind of the wheels fell off or, or, or just tell us what you want to tell us about your story? Sure. I got originally involved with social workers around five or six um, due to some neglect and some uh, abuse in my home that was not perpetrated by my parents, but by someone close to us. And social services kind of stayed in connection with our family um, until probably about middle school was probably when it really got really complicated. And I was just, um, there was a lot of warning signs and things that I was going through, like trauma behaviors that back then, like they just didn't really understand. And so a lot of it was interventions for behaviors, but for things like self-harm and running and eating disorders. And so um, having known a little bit of my story, a lot of um, people started kind of putting things together and realizing that there was just something more complicated going on at home. And I have a, a very complicated family and there's some wonderful people in there and some people that are tricky. And so it was just kind of hard for, I think, social workers and for churches and for schools to navigate that because on the outside, it looks like I came from this really stable and wonderful family. But on the inside, there was just a lot going on that needed attention and outside support. Um, but I wasn't getting until much later when, you know, after a personal suicide attempt at eight and um, having just a lot of issues in school and 
finally, when it started turning towards like behavior stuff, you know, I just felt like so much shame got added on and so much negative attention to me when I just wanted to be invisible. I just wanted to um, just be okay and just fit in in school and didn't understand why it was just really hard for me to be normal. And so um, I did eventually get to move in with my grandparents for a while. And then I did bounce around to a couple of foster homes. And then when I aged out, I think that's where I feel like my actual foster care journey really began because I was be able to kind of, one, I tried to emancipate. I tried to live on my own and ended up being homeless. Um, and then I had just kind of the community come around me and people who were just really intentional in wanting to support me and um, moved in with some incredible folks that to this day are some of my biggest supporters um, two families in particular, the Baltazors and and Barb, um, they're probably who I consider the family the most now. So that's just cool. Really thankful. So go back to your school. Um, who 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 advocated for you in school? Was mm-hmm. there a counselor? Was there a teacher? Was there somebody in your path that? Sure. So third grade is when I attempted. I actually, um, the teachers. I would come to school and I would just cry all day. And this drop of a hat, which was very abnormal for me. And they would have this little stool outside the classroom and they would just put me on it to just because they they didn't know what to do. I was disrupting class. I was emotional. And so then I learned that, okay, well, showing people I can't I don't have the language to tell them what's happening in my home and what I've gone through. But I I I just my poor nervous system was just breaking down and it wasn't attended to. So I turned that into anger and I I just, I had a fifth grade teacher that I was not satisfied unless she was crying. I was so cruel to her. And that, if you know me, that's so not my personality. And like, I always got like the good leader award or the most kind award. And, um, I would throw chairs. I had administrators have to come hold me down. And so like all of that just bubbled up and just extreme anger. And even though I'm probably the reason she went home and, you know, had a long bubble bath and maybe a glass of wine, um, she was the biggest advocate for me. She was like, there's something deeply wrong with this child. And it is not, you know, it's not a fault. It's not a behavior thing. It's, it's something that we really got to look into. And so she wouldn't let it go. And then I had an eighth grade teacher that I would have one of my um, neighbors drop me off at school at like 6 a.m. every morning just so I could volunteer with this teacher and she knew something was up and she would always bring me like breakfast and she would try to get me to talk to her, but I just, I wasn't ready. And so like her consistency and her kindness, like really broke down my walls. And so I'd say in eighth grade, towards the end of the year, I finally was able to start putting language to the things that I had gone through and really ended up getting more support. Did it, did you ever find that, um, which that's cool that you're a fifth grade teacher knew like, yeah, you were terrible to her, but she knew that there was something behind that and kudos to her. So if you're out there Absolutely. and you're a teacher and you have a very bad behaved child, maybe yeah. look behind past the behavior, Absolutely. try to figure out what's going on. Um, but in that, did you feel, um, I'm trying to find my words, but hmm. did you feel like you could say what was going on at home or did you feel like you had to hide it? Right. So the thing about secrets is they're modeled. There were a lot of secrets in my home, even things that had nothing to do with me. And some really hard things happened to me as a kid that had nothing to do with my parents, 
but the family knew and it was became a secret, right? And so it became really complicated to understand that neglect and abuse, physical, emotional, like sexual, all those things, like they're not your fault. They're not, this isn't normal. This isn't what life's supposed to be like. All I knew was silence and isolation and putting, learning to put myself to bed at like four or five with like serious injuries, you know? And so like as a kid, when you're kind of, I don't know, like that, that just becomes your normal. It's hard to imagine that there could be a rescue. There could be um, something different. And so all I knew is inside, I was just scared and sad and broken but also like God gave me ADHD, I feel as a gift. And so there was also a sense of wonder. You know, I, I was telling you, I accepted Christ at five years old and I've had a powerful encounter with him. And so like I, I knew God's love and I would learn more about the Bible and all of the horrible things that people in the Bible went through. And yet they still did incredible things for God. And so um, as a kid, like the biggest source of resiliency was my faith. And I just really clung to, okay, what are these people doing and how do they truly show God their love and how do they um, keep moving forward in ways that, you know, I, we all want to change the world, right? But it's hard when you have these huge obstacles in front of you and mental health is one of them. You know, it's, it's not, we live in a fallen world and it's not that I was this bad kid, but it was impossible. Like you, you put a child in a possible situation and just because in that one moment, it looks like, you know, ungratitude or it looks like just a tantrum over the wrong socks. Like there's so much that leads up to that little moment. And I actually think if a child is in your home and they're tantruming and they're going crazy, I only tantrumed in front of my teacher because I trusted her. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. all the other families, I had really great behaviors. I really tried to be invisible. I tried to fit in. I tried to, but it took that one person that was just intentional with me that really unleashed everything that was inside of me. Um, so it's actually, you know, I think there, I mean, trauma is very complicated. So I don't want to, you know, put it yeah. down into like, it's, you know, you they feel safe with you. But for me, that was my truth. Like, um, mm -hmm. And in eighth grade, like when my teacher would just spend so much time with me, like there's no reason that the teacher needed to be there at 6 a.m. every morning. But I know she was showing up for me and I've actually had been able to have a relationship with her. And so she was able to kind of tell me what her process was and how she was keeping an eye on things. Um, so, yeah, a lot of um, the abuse and neglect that gets reported, it comes from the schools. Yeah. The teachers. Absolutely. Um, when COVID shut school down, it terrified me because I thought we have we have just like taken hope away from so many children that are enduring abuse wow. at home. I thought about that. And so um they anyway, so kudos wow. to the teachers that listened and recognized and all those things for you. Um and next week we will finish the story. Um, we'll pick up in high school. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.